0: All right, Uh ask you to please rise out of honor of God's word as we look at the fruits of the Spirit. And today we're going to be talking about kindness, but we need to read Galatians 5 again so that we know where we're getting this from. Galatians 5, 22 through 24 that read in Jesus' name, Galatians 5, 22 through 24. That's found on page 1,239 in your Blackview Bible or 1,418 in the Adventure Bible. They read in Jesus' name. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that we can come to you and we can study it and we can interact with Christ and we can be changed through it. Lord, we thank you. And I pray that you would bless us now. Lord, and that you would Make us alive through your word. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So today we're, we're talking about kindness. And the first, first thought I want to share about kindness is that kindness is not niceness. Those are different. Being Minnesota nice is not being kind, necessarily. You know, because the nice person doesn't tell someone about the broccoli in their teeth because they're afraid of shaming them. They're afraid of them feeling bad. I'm not going to say that because they might be offended. A kind person doesn't do that because a kind person, kind kindness, it looks at people. These are people. Because did you know that other people are not of a different species than you are? You know, really, think about it. How many of you actively interact with this world, understanding that everybody around you has their own thoughts, has their own feelings, has their own desires, that they, are, that they are actually like you, except not just like you. You know, they can be hurt. They can be insulted. They want to be loved and cared for. They want to be honored and respected. That's the people around you. They're not just of some different species. They're not they're not dogs or cats. They're not they're not put on this world below you just to serve you. They are people, just like you. And so when we think about kindness, we need to think in those terms. And that actually makes kindness hard and deep and big. So first, well, second, third, third thought. With kindness. If I bought lumber from Kevin using lumber, how did I pay him? In kind. And so kindness comes from that idea of in kind. If I bought corn from Mark and pay him in corn next week, I'd be paying him in kind in the same way. You know, we talk about paying someone back in kind. That means if they insult me, I have the right to insult them. (laughs) Yep, Yep. but we talk about that. That's in kind. I'm going to pay them back in kind. I'm going to do to them what they did to me. That's in kind, but that's not kind. (laughs) Because kindness goes back to Luke 10, 25 through 27. You don't have to rise for all of these, just so you know. Luke 10, 25 through 27. Uh, that's on page 1,105 in your Blackview Bible. Thank you for putting those in there, Linda. Oh, I forgot. I actually bookmarked my Bible. It's not in flipping pages. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, there's a bookmark there. Good job, Joe. Um, he's so smart. Luke 10, verses 25 through 27. seven. We've, You guys have read this stuff, right? Actually, I'm going, to read, I'm going to read the whole story. I'm going to read all the way to 37. Um, I read in Jesus' name. And behold, a lawyer stood up and put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. and When he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And he said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you, go and do likewise. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. Okay. So we're having potluck, but you know where they say, where there's smoke, there's fire. So, all right, Holy Spirit, come. Um, Might not be the Holy Spirit. Um, That's an incense. We'll just consider that Lutheran incense is a burning potluck, right? <laughs> I hope this is a pleasing aroma unto the Lord, yes. Oh dear. Um, yeah, burning animals probably didn't smell good either. So, all right. Rabbit trail, let's come back. Come back. Join with me again in our sermon time. Um <laughs> Which one of these guys was kind? You know, you think about it. This the good Samaritan. You think about it. Okay, if I was robbed, stripped, and beaten, and laying on the on the road, how would I want this? Who? How would I want to be treated? You know, because that's the question. How would I want to be treated? Would I want someone to just walk by me because it's not worth their time? It's not worth their energy. It's not worth You know, someone else will take care of it. It's not my problem. When we're doing that, what are we doing? We're saying we are above them. We are better than them. We are more, my time is more valuable than their health. My money is more valuable than they are. Am I willing to spend my time on my own health? Yeah. Am I willing to spend my money on my own betterment? Usually, usually. And so then, if I and them are of the exact same species and of the exact same value, why am I not willing to spend my money, my time, my energy on someone who is of equal value to myself? Because it's a discussion about value. Kindness is ultimately a discussion about value. The Levite, the priest... My time is more valuable. I can't do that. I might become defiled. I am more valuable than they are. Because the Good Samaritan, one aspect of the Good Samaritan is a discussion on value. Are these people of equal value to me? Yeah. Attention is a big deal. Because how many of you like to be ignored? Anybody here? Nathan likes to be ignored. Yes. Um, probably not when you're actually talking and want someone to listen. I want to be ignored when I'm doing something foolish. So carry on. No. Um, but I don't want to be ignored when I'm talking to someone. You ever watch someone turn off when you're talking to them? Yeah. That's not Kind. Because that's, that's saying what you have to say is not of equal value to what's in my head. Or have someone pull out their phone when you're talking to them. I've had that happen. Uh, it's, it's really impressive. They pull out their phone and they start doing something on their phone in the middle of a conversation. It's like, so what's on your phone is more valuable than me, than our discussion. That's not kind because had I done the same thing, they wouldn't have appreciated that. And so kindness is a discussion about value. Are these people... Are the other people in your world as valuable as you are? Do they carry the same level of value in an absolute sense? Because our value is not determined by the amount of money we have. It's not determined by the amount of pride, the prestige we have, the positions that we have. That doesn't determine our value in a real sense. What God sees determines our value in a real sense. And so as I'm interacting with other people, am I valuing them like God values them? Are they worth my time? Are they worth my energy? Are they worthy? Because for me to say they're not worthy actually is for me to say they are subspecies. They are below me. They are less than I am. Matthew 7:12. And as I, huh, as we keep going in these, it's, you know, this is starting to scare me because as I prepared for this sermon, I realized that I am not kind. I struggle with kindness. I really do. It it has been astonishing to me, just the distance, because some of the earlier ones, like love, it's like, yeah, yeah, I, I do a pretty good job of loving people and Doing that and seeing other people, paying attention to them and helping them. You know, um, patience, yeah, my patience has been tried, but I tend to be a fairly patient person. But as we've been going on, it's I've been getting further and further away from the ideal that I start seeing in Scripture. And now I'm in kindness and I'm like, okay, God, what are we going to do when we hit goodness? And self-control, oh no, <laughs> this is terrifying. Because I see more and more my own sinfulness. Because I see that I am I do not I do a terrible job of valuing others to the same level that I value myself because I do not take care of others to the same degree that I take care of myself. And so Matthew 7, 12 points us again to this law, to this, do, this is how we're supposed to live. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them for this is the law and the prophets. This is the golden rule. How many of you live according to that? You know, that's huge. How many of you actually, actually, in reality, treat others like you would have them treat you? Like you would like to be treated. Nassim Taleb, uh, I don't remember which one of his books, talks about the silver rule. The silver rule, he goes, is way easier. Don't treat others in the manner that you would have them not treat you. And so you don't want someone to slap you? Don't slap them. Easy. You don't want someone to rob from you? Don't rob from them. Tell a government that, but whatever. Um. <laughs> Oops. Politics slipped out. Um, you know, that's, that's the silver rule. That's really easy. That's way easier. He said that's way easier. It's way safer to do that. But the golden rule is way deeper because now I actually have to ask the question, how would I like someone to treat me in this situation? You know, if, if I am, if I'm trying to help someone, if someone's trying to help me, how would I like them to treat me? Would I like them to treat me as a, a punk who just doesn't get it? Who's wasting their time and is tired of having to tell them. Do you guys like it when someone treats you like that? No. Okay, so when I'm trying to help someone, how should I probably treat them? I should treat them with respect and with honor because that's what I would like. I would like them to listen to me and figure out why I am doing what I'm doing before them telling me, hey, numbskull, get it right. Actually, I wouldn't like that. So maybe I shouldn't do that either. That's the silver rule. But The golden rule is that they would come to me with honor and respect and kindness and graciousness because that's how I want to be treated patience because that's how I want to be treated then comes the question am I doing that when I'm trying to help someone else do I get impatient with them because it's taking up too much of my valuable time and obviously where they are emotionally and intellectually is so far down that my time is worth too much for them I've done that gotten impatient because they just haven't gotten it yet And so then I get mad at them to try to expedite this. They're not listening to me when I'm being calm. So I'm going to be mad and then they'll listen to me. Maybe I'll yell at them and then they'll listen to me. Maybe I'll be mean and then they'll listen to me. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's my flesh. That's not what God does to me. That's what Satan does to me. When I'm acting like that, who am I acting like? Jesus, or Satan. Like the great singer, songwriter, theologian, Bob Dylan said, you're going to serve someone. You're going to serve the devil. You're going to serve the Lord. You're going to serve someone. That's reality. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But then you have to actually sit down and ask the question. Maybe you don't have to sit down. You can stand up and ask the question. I don't care. You have to ask yourself the question, how would I like to be treated in this? And would I like to be treated in the way that I'm treating this person? If I was in their spot, if I was in their place? I actually have to think about it now. I have to put myself emotionally in their shoes, which is hard because as a Norwegian, I have three emotions. Happy, sad, confused. All the other ones are in that confused part. Some of you understand. But that's, you know, (laughs) I am joking, kind of. (laughs) But that's the reality. I actually have to put myself into their position. I have to treat them like a human being. And not just an irritation or burden or a project or goal. Something to be used, a tool. Can't treat them like that. I have to treat them as a person. Are the people around us more important than the hammer that we wield? Probably don't treat people like you treat your hammer. But I know people who treat their tools way better than they treat their friends. Is that kind? You know, and I'm and I'm, I'm looking at this stuff and I'm thinking about this stuff and it's like, man, Lord, I fall short of this. I fall short. Am I doing unto others as I would have them do unto me? Philippians 2, 3-4. On page 1248 in your black pew Bible. Remember, Joe, you have a bookmark. Philippians 2, 3-4. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit but in humility count others more significant than yourselves let each of you look not only to his own interests but also to the interests of others this is kindness do nothing from conceit what's conceit i'm better i am smarter I am more educated than all of these plebs. Obviously, I know best. Obviously, I'm the one that stands on stage. (laughs) You guys sit, so you're lower than me. (laughs) And and down a step. Yep. That's conceit. Have you ever thought? You got to be honest you ever thought that you're better than someone because you're not like them? Because you don't do things the way they do things? Because you're more organized? You're more together because you're less of a procrastinator? Because you get more done? Because you've done more? That's conceit. Because you don't have the sin in your life that these people have. All these idiots with their sin? How terrible. Have we ever done that? Have I ever done that? That's conceit. If I think I'm better than someone else because I don't have the sin in my life that they have, that's conceit because that's me saying my sanctification is my fault that I can take credit for it. We can't do that. That's not reality. Selfish ambition. Am I just using other people? Am I trying to get myself higher? Paul says do nothing with these attitudes these intents. So what do we do? Can you fix yourself? No. So, when someone else is struggling, what do we do? We bring them to Christ. Why? Because he's the one that fixes us. He's the point, isn't he? So, if, if someone's struggling financially and I give them really good budgeting advice, I teach them how to make money and they become rich. Have I fixed their life? I've just changed one sin for another. If someone's, now, now they're proud of their wealth. Now they're rich. Now they don't have to rely on anyone. Now they're no longer a burden to society. But that pride isn't any better than them being a burden on society. That pride gets them to hell just as much as their slovenliness, their laziness. Those are sins too. So I just changed one sin to another sin. So what do we do? Bring them to Christ. Because you know what? It's Christ that fixes us. He's the one that changes us. He's the one that cleanses us. Does that mean that, you know, now that Christ is in my body, now that Christ is in my life, I no longer have to budget? Woohoo. No. Now that Jesus is in my life and has cleansed my soul, I don't have to shower anymore. <laughs> right? It's the same. I, wrong. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> it's the same idea. No. Now that Jesus is in your life, now you know where to go. Now you know to whom to look. Because that's the one who actually changes me. Right? Someone comes to me and gives me really good advice. That's helpful, but it doesn't actually change me. And so as we think about kindness, you know, we have to remember the, the where this is being spoken. I'm in Philippians, not in Galatians. Um, these are the fruits of the Spirit. So what does Paul say? Oh, that's the wrong chapter. Paul says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit, and you are not under the law. What is that walk in the Spirit, walk by the Spirit, walk in relationship with the Holy Spirit, be relying on Him, be trusting in Him, be looking to Christ. And so as we go into this world and we interact with people that are procrastinators or people that are bad with money or people that don't shower, (laughs) what is our goal in our interactions? Why do we be kind to them? We see them as human beings and we know what do they need? They need the love of Christ. They need Jesus but they need Jesus through people. That's why God has sent us here, right? That's why we're here, that we can be the love of Christ into their lives. Because if they don't believe the love of Christ in Scripture, maybe they'll believe the love of Christ through us. We see them as people, the whole being. How many of you have ever been wrong? Anybody here? Some of you won't admit it, that's fine. When you were wrong. Have you guys ever had people come up to you and short, harsh, correct you? How did that affect you? Poorly? Get some thumbs down? You get defensive? Yeah, I I have a tendency to dig in my heels and be like, prove it. (laughs) Prove that your way is better than my way. And I become combative. You don't see me be combative very often. that's, That's when it comes up. So if I don't like that, how do I treat others? Because I had to really sit down and ask this question. How do I treat others? How do I want to be treated? The Lord has put that in me. I want someone, and I'll be honest, when I'm wrong, what do I want? I want someone to walk beside me and ask me, so why are you doing that? Where did this come from? What's going on? There's something else going on in your life that's driving this? I want someone to actually care about me, not just my action. Because my action is just a fruit of me. I want them to care about me. But we can only do that as we walk in the Holy Spirit and he guides us into these truths. Don't work really, really hard to be kind. You're not going to be able to do it but where the Holy Spirit shows you your lack of kindness, where he points that out, what do we do? We confess, Lord, you're right. This was a week of confession for Pastor Joe. I can tell you that much. Lord, you're right. That was sin. That time was sin. That time was, I'm not going to go through them all. Those were sin. I need you to forgive me. and I need you to change me because I don't see it until after it's done. And that's the part that's been so hard. I didn't see them. I didn't see the person. I didn't see the human behind the need. I just saw the need. I didn't see the human behind the problem. I just saw the problem. And they became the problem. I didn't see the human behind the hurt. And I didn't see the hurt behind the human. I missed it. God forgive me. You know what's cool? He does. And you know what He also does? He gives us more chances. He is going to bring a human being into your life this week. <laughs> Believe it or not, there will come another human being into your life. And so, what do we do? Lord, teach me to be kind. Lord, teach me to be kind. Any questions? Let's pray. Father, I thank you. You are so good to point out my failings. Lord, because you don't want me living in sin because you know the effect it has on me. Lord, you know the effect it has on your kingdom. You know the effect it has on your name. Lord, and I pray that you would teach me to be kind. And I pray the same thing for all those who hear this. Lord, that you would teach us to be kind. To see others. To actually love them. To not grow impatient, frustrated. But Lord, that they would see, that we would see ourselves and those who we're working with, walking with, seeking to bless. Lord, ultimately, that you might be glorified. That the name of Jesus might be held high in all of our relationships. That you might be exalted and not blaspheme because of us. Lord, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.